Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to this special five-part podcast series sponsored by Affiliated Monitors, which celebrates Affiliated Monitors' 15 years in business as the first entity specializing in independent integrity monitoring. Founded in 2004, Affiliated Monitors provides independent integrity monitoring and ethics and compliance assessments nationally and internationally and across almost all industries. With its knowledge of effective ethics and compliance programs and cultures, Affiliated Monitors is respected for its work as the corporate monitor on matters ranging from multinational corporations to small and mid-sized companies and even individuals. Having served in nearly 750 monitorships, no one has more experience as an independent monitor than the team at Affiliated Monitors. For more information on how an independent monitor can help improve your company's ethics and compliance programs, visit this podcast series sponsor, Affiliated Monitors, at www.affiliatedmonitors.com. Over this five-part podcast series, I visit with Vin DeCiani, the president, founder, and CEO of Affiliated Monitors, and we talk about and celebrate the history of Affiliated Monitors. In our first podcast, we look at the idea which DeCiani formed, which led to the founding of Affiliated Monitors. In episode two, we discuss the early days of Affiliated Monitors. In episode three, we talk about the expanded use of independent monitoring. In episode four, we consider the marriage of independent monitoring and ethics and compliance programs. And we wrap up with episode five about Affiliated Monitors growth. It's a fascinating exploration that I know you will enjoy if you want to learn about the history of not simply monitoring, but the way regulators think about the ethics and compliance programs that we all work on. This is Tom Fox. This special five-part podcast series on the history of affiliated monitors is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back again for another episode with Vin DeCiani. Uh, Vin is the founder and uh, CEO at Affiliated Monitors, and we're here for what I think is going to be an incredibly fun series on the history of Affiliated Monitors because we are celebrating the 15th anniversary of, affili- of Affiliated Monitors. So, Vin, uh, first of all, thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Vin, I am uh, reminded of... Um, story about William F. Buckley, uh, who started the National Review and is generally seen as the father of modern conservatism. And before uh, he formulated the ideas of uh, his uh, conservative movement and moved to begin the National Review, this was an idea in his head. And so I really would like to start with the idea. How and why on earth in 2004 did you come up with an idea that became affiliated monitors? Well, it's, yeah, it is, uh, it is something that actually did start from an idea. So it actually started before 2004. Um, I um, uh, am an attorney and practiced for many, many years um, in Massachusetts, uh, working before regulatory agencies and doing defense work. Um, and over the course of my career, particularly in the mid to late 90s, I had a number of cases where the best way I can describe it is the punishment didn't fit the crime. You know, so my client did something that was inappropriate. And at the time, the agencies that I was dealing with, like medical boards and chiropractic boards, they didn't really have an alternative sanction to 
um, what really was a death sentence, such as a suspension of a license or a revocation of a license. And so I had a couple of these cases where that was the situation. It just seemed wrong to me, but there was nothing that was out there. So for about seven, eight years, this idea just percolated in my head about doing something to create for these boards, you know, alternative sanctions, if you will, really on the probationary side of things so that the doctor, the practitioner could get better. And I mean, that really was the start of the idea. I was then able to actualize it, you know, in the 2003 to 2004 timeframe um, and make it a, you know, a, a thing, if you will. You made it a thing. That's great. The, um, <laughs> really, the, the conversation, the need, the idea, were you able to formulate that in consultation with regulators, with uh, others? Uh, was there a regulatory receptiveness to this idea or in the courts, was there? Yeah, so what I did was, um, you know, as the idea sort of solidified in my head, I reached out to a number of folks that I knew um, in the in the Boston uh, area. Some of them were regulators. Some of them were attorneys uh, who represented folks before the boards. Some of them were at the attorney general's office. Some of them were in business. And we, I remember sitting around the table just throwing around ideas as to whether or not this could be a uh, you know a legitimate business to provide these services. And, you know, the level of excitement around the room, you know, almost elevated the table. You know, everyone said, yeah, this is a really good idea. The people that were on the regulatory side of things were saying, yeah, we really need this. We don't have anything like that. Um, and so, yeah, it was, you know, uh, you know, internally, it was a great idea. And then we had to go out and I sort of socialized the idea. I, you know, being a defense attorney in, in, for me in the healthcare space at the time, I reached out to a number of attorneys that I knew that was practicing, and, and I said, would it be a good idea to have an alternative? And, and again, met with great enthusiasm. Um, and so, it, it, you know, that was sort of the impetus to, to getting this started. Um, and we started in, you know, in 2004 um, as a corporation, and, um, you know, it's, it's really taken off from there. Then I've heard a number of uh, defense lawyers and other lawyers who talk about when they sit across the table with re from regulators in whatever the regulatory environment, from the Department of Justice down to a county regulator, the biggest thing they bring is integrity and credibility. How did those two um, features really help uh, affiliated monitors uh, from the start? So... The, the sort of the notion of being an independent monitor for a regulatory agency sort of it compels, um, you know, demonstrating to the agency, first of all, that you have integrity, that you can be independent and that you have sort of the professional knowledge to be able to demonstrate um, to the board or the agency that you are qualified uh, and capable of being an independent and, you know, not being an advocate for the, uh, the person or entity being monitored. What I'm really getting at is the agency is literally delegating its enforcement authority to a private entity, right? Uh, and to get to that point, you have to be able to show your bona fides to that agency, that you know what you're doing and that you have all the integrity in the world. 
And so that was sort of the first you know, key piece of this is going to agencies and saying, look, this is, um, you know, it's a company that's made up of a lot of regulators and very well-respected um, individual members of affiliated. And in fact, for the first couple of years, when we didn't have a lot of experience behind us, what we were selling was the integrity and the professionalism of the people that made up affiliated. So you're right. It, it, it sort of it, it took a little while for that notion and then acceptance, right, to occur. Ben, one of the things that I, my, I have observed is that the more successful monitorships are those which go beyond simply representing the interests of the regulatory agency. It is a, uh, a training exercise. It's an ongoing discussion with the party who's under the sanction. It's a resource for the uh, company and it's a resource for the attorneys. Was that a part of affiliated monitors uh, from your idea from the start? Absolutely. Um, again, I come from the defense side of the, of, the, of the fence, if you will, right? And so for me, um, representing a client, I had to think about, well, what's my client going to get out of this, right? What's the benefit to the client? And so with that notion in mind, the, the, the way we created Affiliated, and you know, some monitors do this, some others that are out there, but others do not, is we are a remedial program. So what we're trying to do is take what the government agency has found as a deficiency and fix it and help the practitioner or the business fix it. And it could be, as you're saying, through training. It could be by creating controls. It could be by learning how to do something a different way. Um, maybe we have to tell them, go back and get some more education. You know, maybe you need to bring in an outsider to do some accounting for you. But whatever that was, it, the approach was remedial. So um, that was um, sort of how we created Affiliated to be attractive to attorneys who are representing their clients um, and companies and businesses and, and into professional individuals who um, are, you know, facing sometimes the darkest moments in their careers. Um, and, and to get them sort of out of that into a good place through education and training was the idea. That's really where we started. Finn, if I could go back to that idea for a moment, you started off by saying your observation in the 80s and certainly in the 90s was that you saw punishments which did not uh, really fit the crime, and you saw people that uh, were perhaps uh, uh, in line to lose licenses or other professional ability to do work, and the interest of the state was not really throwing them out on their ear. It was, as you said, remediating them or rehabilitating them and then uh, having their services available for uh, the state as a whole, whether that be the state of Massachusetts or perhaps uh, the United States. How did um, how were you able to convince other stakeholders that uh, this this third way was really uh, something that could be accomplished? Yeah, that's the um, you know, that's the million dollar question, right? Um, because you almost have to talk to regulators one at a time. And, you know, so for a good part of the first five, ten years of Affiliated, that is the work that I've done. You know, um, it is talking to them, explaining them what you do, telling them, you know, sort of the benefits of what they're getting here, um, and then showing them some of the examples of how monitoring works. So we spent a lot of time sort of building sort of some groundswell, if you will, 
The one thing I know about regulators, and you could talk to a million of them, right? You could talk to them from states, Maryland or Texas or California, and then you could talk to federal agencies, but they're all made up of individuals. And there's lots of turnover in these agencies. You know, so you may go to an agency in um, a federal agency, right, one day, and you talk to the the head of the agency or the suspension of department official for that agency, and they like it, and they put you on a case, and then you come back two years later, and they're gone. And so you almost have to re, you know, equate them, the next person with the model. So that's it. Really took a lot of time and energy getting to know, you know, government regulators and then the defense attorneys on the other side, um, and explaining them how the concept of independent monitoring worked, works rather, and um, and the benefits of it. And there's one other uh, point that I would really like to explore with you, and let me introduce it by saying my father was a labor arbitrator for uh, some 35 years, and he, uh, when he didn't call himself a labor arbitrator, he called himself an independent umpire. And what I'd really like to explore is the importance of independence in uh, your initial idea and how were you able to sell that in addition to the integrity and professionalism. Yeah, again, it's, I think it's the crucial concept here, right, is independence. So um, what we were seeing um, with some agencies, um, those, those that had sort of a concept of using a monitor occasionally, um, was that the monitor was sometimes the best friend of the person being monitored, right? Or it was one of the board members for the agency you know, taking it on themselves to become the monitor for a practice. And in either situation worked, right? Because if the board person is serving as the monitor, they are the eyes and ears of the board. So in effect, they're an investigator. If the best friend of the person being monitored is um, serving in that role, then there's clear bias and a lack of objectivity, neutrality um, to the process. So, you know, that was sort of the setting that, you know, it was we were seeing the beginnings of that, and it just didn't work. So the notion of being an independent, having a conflict of interest uh, process uh, that ensured the agency that we were neutral, but also ensured the entity being monitored that we were neutral. Um, that Those were important elements. And, you know, up till today, um, you know, since monitoring is really the only thing that we do, uh, we've can, we've maintained that independence, and again, I think it served us very well. Well, Ben, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but I've been visiting with De- Vin DiCiani, and we've been talking about the idea that led to the formation of affiliated monitors. I hope you'll join us tomorrow where we take a look at some of the early days. Ben, uh, once again, thank you. Thanks, Tom. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. If you'd like more information on Affiliated Monitors, check out their website, www.affiliatedmonitors.com. I hope you will join me again tomorrow for our next episode in this fascinating and celebratory five-part podcast series on the 15 years of Affiliated Monitors, which details the history of not only independent monitoring, but ethics and compliance programs. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist. This podcast series is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.